Okay, JR. All right, very good. Thank you. Very interesting. One of the, the song that we just sang, uh, Rescue the Perishing, I hadn't heard since I was a teenager in that fundamentalist church. And it sounds so much better with an organ than all of the just just the, the voices uh, in the uh, audience. So I got I got a few chills in my back when uh, when that happened. Before we get into the sermon, one of the things that I like to do is is research things and got to get to know what the real meaning is. And you'll find out in a few minutes how deep that research went. But I keep coming across humorous things, and I couldn't pass this up. I want to share it with you and uh, just to kind of lighten things up. This list is the top ten list, Reasons God Created Eve. Now, guys, get ready. Number ten, God was worried that Adam would frequently become lost in the garden because he would never ask for directions. Number nine, God knew that one day Adam would require someone to locate and hand him the television remote. Number eight, God knew Adam would never go out and buy himself a new fig leaf when his old one wore out and would therefore need Eve to buy one for him. Number seven, God knew Adam would never be able to cook for himself, so Eve would have to prepare food for both of them. Number six, God knew Adam would never remember which night to put the garbage out by the curb. Number five, God knew if the world was to be populated, men would never be able to handle the pain and discomfort of childbearing. He was solid on that one. Number four, as the keeper of the garden, since he didn't have any metal sheds or greenhouses, Adam would never remember where he, where he placed his tools. Number three, apparently Adam needed someone to blame his troubles on when God caught him hiding in the garden. It was Eve's fault. And uh, number two, as the Bible says, it's never good for man to be alone. And the number one reason why God created Eve, when God finished the creation of Adam, he stepped back, took a long look, scratched his head and said, oh, I can do better than this. Our scripture uh, reading this morning is taken from Philippians 4. I'm sorry, did I miss something? No. Oh, okay. The scripture reading is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. And I think it's on the screen. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. The message this morning comes from Apostle Paul's writings to the Philippian church. 
He wrote this letter while chained to a Roman guard. Nero was the emperor of Rome, and at the time that Paul wrote this, he was busy, uh, Nero was busy persecuting Christians. So ask yourself this question, how is it that Paul could feel real joy? Let's unpack these verses uh, and find out. Starting in verse 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Notice Paul did not say always be full of joy only when things are going good. He didn't say that. He said always. Now the Greek word that is in this verse that, that we're talking about implies a continuous feeling of joy like rejoicing, like when we stand and sing. You know, non-believers in our world have no promise from God. So they have no real source of joy. All they ever have is worldly fun. And they are missing so much. Now in verse 5, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do Remember, the Lord is coming soon. No, Paul reminds us to be considerate in the Greek. This word also means gentleness, graciousness, contentment, and generosity to others. So the Greek word has a lot of different meanings. We can probably read, uh, read this verse as, Let everyone see that you are gracious with humility in everything that you do. And that is the true mark of a Christian, isn't it? Graciousness and humility. We're so blessed to have Jesus interceding for us uh, with the Father in heaven, uh, and he, Jesus is now waiting in heaven. He's waiting for the Father to come to him and say, Son, it's time. Go collect your church. That day is nearer to us now than it ever has been before. Jesus is coming soon. We can be assured of that. I am trying to be patient. I hope you are too. But every day it seems to get a little harder to be patient with Jesus' return. Paul goes on by saying in verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. This, this verse clearly gives us a command. And that command is, we are not to worry about anything. Not about money, not about health, not about our food, not shelter, not about our jobs, not about what Washington, D.C. is doing. That one's a little hard to do. Not what our neighbors think and do. Worry accomplishes nothing. And for Christians, we need to remember that worry has a partner sent to us to torment us from the devil called fear. If you worry about something long enough, it then generates fear. 
The only thing that really helps is giving your worries to God, telling Him your needs, and then leaving all of the consequences of what you're worrying about to God. Listen to what Jesus tells us. In Matthew 6, 25 through 27, Jesus gave us this command. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And then Jesus later said in verse 34, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I give thanks and praise to Jesus for saying those words to us. Because it's only Christians who, who can live this life on earth without worry and anxiety and fear constantly. Now really, to be honest, all of us have um, uh, worries from time to time. And there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But you know what we have that others don't? We have a Savior who is worrying with us. And he is never, ever away from us. He's here today. He's here in your cars when you go home. He's here when you go to a restaurant perhaps to have lunch. He's with you. Paul goes on uh, with, a, with another promise from God in verse 7. We didn't put it on the scripture because I just want to read it. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So today, if you're not peaceful in this world, or you have a worry to give to God, jot down in your bulletin, Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. Try to remember those words when you find yourself worrying because remember, worrying always leads to fear. Now, I want to uh, draw your attention for the rest of the, uh, our discussion to Philippians uh, uh, verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his storehouse in glory by Jesus Christ. I believe you see and hear in this verse, uh, in the Bible, it is one of my life verses. Now, a life verses are those you believe, you follow as a principle of the Christian life, and you build your life on. Another one, another one of mine is uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Biblical scholars call Philippians 4.19 the greatest promise contained in the Scriptures. Wow. 
That's pretty, that, that's pretty strong. They say it includes all of the promises that the rest of the Bible has. So we're going to spend a few minutes talking about that. I believe it would do everyone here a great deal of good if we were all to commit this verse to memory. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his storehouse in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I've been talking for a while, and on the front of this bulletin it says the five P's of what? Okay, I'm going to tell you what the five P's are right now. There are five main points that we can draw from this verse. Philippians 4.19 And my God shall supply all your needs according to his storehouse in glory by Christ Jesus. And they all begin with a P. Paul is expressing a constant reason for Christians to be thankful, to be joyful. So let's briefly consider each one. The first P is the provider. Paul begins this verse, And my God shall supply all your need. Notice Paul said, my God. He didn't say our God. He didn't say your God. Why do you think he would not do that? Well, if you research this, in Philippi at that particular point in time, there were many false gods. Uh, people worshipped almost anything uh, in Philippi at that particular point in time. Paul wanted to make a point to the people in Philippi. He wanted to let them know there is one true God. And, and he wanted that one true God to stand out from all of the gods that were being worshipped in Philippi. That's an important point. Because this world has many gods still today. The phrase, my God, means that Paul spoke from his experience. His hope was not in just any God that people might make up for themselves. Like money, a job, a career, etc. His hope was in the God of the Bible. Paul's God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now Alpha Church. The second P is the promise. Paul says, God shall supply all your needs. That's a promise. And it's a promise from God. He didn't speak in the past tense as if to say, my God has supplied all my need. And he wasn't speaking in the present tense as if to say, my God is supplying all my needs. Those things would certainly be true, wouldn't they? Paul said, God shall supply all your needs. You know, the greatest need that you ever have is your need for salvation. And it's the salvation of your soul. I'm going to repeat that. The greatest need that you ever have is your need for the salvation of your soul. And I re repeat that to my children and have them repeat that to their children, which are my grandchildren, 
And I now have a couple of great-grandchildren. And so their moms repeat that to them every night as a part of their prayer. Okay? That is very important. It is the most important need this country has. This country needs to be saved. Uh, we once were, and unfortunately we have fallen away. And God the Father gave what was most precious to him. He gave his beloved son. And Jesus willingly gave his life for our salvation. No matter what else might happen to you in life, you will never have a greater need or a greater gift than Jesus Christ. Now, that wonderful promise that God shall supply is really enough I could have stopped at two P's. Because by itself, it gives you everything you need to know to be continually thankful for, to God and to be joyful and not fearful. That verse could elim can eliminate all of our anxiety and worry. Now, the third P is provision. Provision is in the words, all your needs. And my God shall supply all your needs. That's pretty broad. It's almost universal, isn't it? In the specific case that Paul was writing about, the need that, that he was dealing with appeared to be uh, that the Philippian church uh, the Philippian church had made a financial gift to Paul uh, in his ministry. And Paul, there's no way he could ever pay them back uh, with anything. I mean, remember, he's chained to a Roman guard um, um, at, at the moment that he's writing this. The important thing, he trusted then that God, his trust was in God that God would meet that need for the Philippian church. He didn't say that we can't have material provision. Okay? He said all. We shall supply all our needs. But the truth is, sometimes we do need material provisions from God. And God is ab abundantly able to do that and we'll do it when it's needed. Most of us, if not all of us, have seen God's hand provide for us at times in our lives. But remember, God may not provide it by giving you more money in your paycheck. Uh, he may provide it through someone else meeting the need. That's happened with me on more than one occasion. Or he may provide a change in circumstances so that that need is no longer in need. Sometimes what we need is courage, and God certainly will provide that. Sometimes what is needed is patience, and God will provide that too. Sometimes what we need is just peace, maturity, more faith, or the ability to love someone who is difficult, or just plain endurance. Life is. 
And God will provide for all of those needs too. Christians, we trust Him, God, in our needs as well as in His abundance. Now the fourth P is the purse. Now I confess, I thought about just adding a P to the front of storehouse. But that sounded too much like a medical term, like I have a really bad case of pastoris. That didn't make sense to me. So I made it purse in order to make it begin with a P. But it's a good word to use for this point because it speaks to the resource from which God is able to supply our every need. God has a storehouse. Paul said in that it is according to supply, according to God's storehouse in glory. Now, God's storehouse is sometimes, in other uh, versions of the Bible, referred to as God's riches. I like the term storehouse because God has stored up from the time that he made this uh, earth and universe. He stored up blessings for us. Once again, let's notice Paul, the, the word that Paul uses. He doesn't say... And my God shall supply all of your need out of his storehouse in glory. What he promises is to meet our needs according to his storehouse in glory. Not out of it, but according to the massive riches inside his storehouse. So when he does grant us a blessing, it's always more than we need, more than we want. And how great is his storehouse in glory? It's as limitless as heaven is itself. That's how large it is. And that means to us that there could not possibly be a need we have on earth that our Father in heaven cannot abundantly meet. All these four P's lead us to one more reason that we have to be thankful. It's the most important P in this this whole list because it's the one that makes all of things, makes us confident that all of these things will be. And that's the fifth P, the person. The person is Jesus Christ. Paul says, and my God, the provider, shall supply the promise, all your needs, the provision, according to his storehouse in glory, the purse, by Christ Jesus, the person. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, our relationship with Father God becomes very personal to him, more personal to him than even to us. We become his own redeemed children by adoption. And it's through our personal relationship with God by faith in Jesus Christ that we can now be assured that the rest of this verse is true, is available, and will happen. By having a relationship with Jesus, we truly have everything we need. Jesus himself is really all we need. So, 
Here in this one verse, Philippians 4.19, we have God as our provider. We have His promise to supply. We have the provision for our need. We have the purse that includes the, all of the storehouse of heaven uh, as our resource. And we have the person of Jesus Christ by which it is all secured for us. This one wonderful verse gives us a five-fold reason for never worrying, never fretting, um, and never feeling inadequate, which is that, that happens to a lot of Christians from time to time, and above all, never fearing anything. Our circumstances are what God wants them to be. And remember, Every sir in every circumstance, he's right here, standing beside us as we go through it. And that is good news. If you're a Christian today, all you need to do is have faith and trust God and not so much trust in yourself. In closing, from Paul, I give thanks. And my God shall supply all your need according to his storehouse in glory by Christ Jesus. A reminder for all of us, once your commitment to Christ is greater than your feelings and fears, that's when you get God's blessings. Or once your faith, or once your faith in Christ is greater than your feelings and fears, that's when you get God's blessings. I'd like to close our um, sermon with a short prayer. Please pray with me. Thank you, Christ Jesus, for the selfless act that you performed that granted to all who believe freedom from our sins and the gift of eternal life. We worship you and are grateful recipients of your riches and glory. We know through your love and grace we can rely on you for our every need. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so we can truly build our faith and commitment to you until it truly is greater than all our feelings and fear and receive your blessings. Now, Father, our congregation may have worries and fear and anxiety today, so now is the time to give them all to you. It's easy. Just say, Father in heaven, I cannot carry these burdens any longer. I'm giving them to you so that I can receive your grace and your peace. They are now your worries and fears, God, not mine. I will wait on your decision to resolve them. Amen.